Hey everybody, my name's Johan Philip. And I'm Matt Carvel. And we are live! Every Tuesday afternoon for live lunch. That is the place that we take the Sunday teaching and we have a discussion about it. We unpack the different themes, ask some different questions, and we're inviting you to get involved in it. Have a listen or submit some questions. That's all. And we have food. So if you want to find out about some good eating options around Brighton and Hove, tune into live lunch. So you get fed. Well, we get fed physically, but you get fed spiritually. Uh, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. live on Instagram, then the video does sit on YouTube and podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can join in with the conversation at Live Lunch, we are emmanuel.com forward slash live lunch. We look forward to seeing you there. See you then. We are live. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Welcome to another episode of Live Lunch, but a very special episode on Live Lunch, if I may add, because today we are joined by the wonderful Jessica Loki. Has Je- have you not been this side of the camera before? I have like one. once. Once. Jess yeah, is our Live Lunch producer, yeah. so she is the one that makes all this all of this come together in glorious harmony. Last week, if you remembered, we had some trouble with something. Oh, it was, was a dark going time on. last week. Uh, oh. and that's because Jess wasn't around, Jess but was Jess is back, <laughs> and just so that we don't want Jess to ever leave. We were like, Jess, you need to be in front of the camera. But um, not to say that Jess's only role is um, producer of Live Lunch, which is by far your most important role. Uh, of course, it? of course. Um, but there's also, you help lead our internship program. Uh, so you ensure that all our interns are learning and being served and growing in their work with God. You used to be our, uh, one of the student leaders in Brighton, mm-hmm. along with your husband, Arnold, mm-hmm. uh, and led the student work brilliantly. And so there's a lot that you bring to the table. And it's I've great to have I thought he was going to go through the I'm whole sure. CV. <laughs> Working I was at Morrison's. a cleaner back in 2017. <laughs> hey, Jess's story, yeah. if, if you don't know Jess, it's worth getting to know Jess. Jess's story of how she became a Christian is amazing. She doesn't come yeah, from yeah, a yeah. Christian That's background. Uh, found faith as a teenager and um, was a very anxious young woman. And then got really turned that. And if you meet Jess now, she's literally the happiest person you'll ever come across. It's very rare that you will see Jess like low or grumpy. Mm. Or angry. I'm not seeing Jess mm. angry. Maybe we should try. No kidding. We won't. Yeah. We won't. Won. Uh, I've tried. It hasn't worked. Um, <laughs> that is surprising. It's true. You know what? I barely get angry. But that's true. not Jess's story. You, like, that. you haven't come. This is God's work in your life, right? This isn't the kind of person you were before you met Christ. So there's something, you know, we can testify to God's grace in Jess's life. There's just some people like, I know there's like lots of sin in my life. And, mm. and, I mean, lots, and of people, I mean, lots of people know that the, the, my <laughs> shortcomings. But with Jess, it's really hard to say. Oh, Jess really struggles with no, this No, we definitely, yeah. So God's Death. grace is very evident in her life. I meant. Uh, Thank you. And in our and lives as well, because as we know, it's not about how we perform, but it's Absolutely. His grace. So where sin abounds, grace abounds. <laughs> how have we got here? probably the longest introduction. Oh, that's true. Sorry, I apologize. Well, but Jess is just a, a big fan. I'm the kind of Jess. We were worried about how we'd fill the time, but I don't know worried anymore. We said, we haven't really talked about the books that we are reading or any recommended resources in a while. So um, we're going to do a few things differently. We're going to talk about some of the stuff we're reading. We're going to talk about our care campaign. Uh, and then we're going to get into the uh, discussing and unpacking the the sermon that we had heard on Sunday, which was different across our sides. Yeah. Um, but the, the one that's on the podcast is the one where Jesus says he is the truth and the way, the truth and the life. And we focused on the truth. So we're going to unpack that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But to kick us off, uh, Matt's just checking his Instagram. No, I'm not. I'm just reminding myself what books I've actually read. Basically, <laughs> 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 are you an audiobook kind of guy? Matt? You know what? I, I am actually. Yeah, I tried to. Day. I tried to do both, but I have found that um, 
audio is is ton of it. Talking about audiobooks, I've just discovered the biggest con in me in my life mm. recently was the discovering con scam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spotify. Uh, if you have a premium Spotify card, you get access to like this wealth of audiobooks. Yes, you and do. And I was going traveling mm. and I downloaded a whole bunch of them. I was like, oh my days, this is incredible. Like really yeah. huge collection of free audiobooks that's available on Spotify. Right. And I got this Sounds like, great. 30 yard book, which I'm halfway through. Get to about 17 hours of this like thriller, I Am Pilgrim, uh, oh, yeah, which is know. an absolute page turner. Get to the end uh, of 17 hours and it says, you've run out of your free time. You now have to buy my ninety-nine worth of, of hours. So, yeah. so it doesn't give you the whole book? No. no. No, it gives you 17 free hours of listening time. You can do whatever you want to that. But yeah, it's only 17. 17 in free. total or a month? In t- a month. A month? Yeah. So you can wait for another month and then do another 17 yeah, but, hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah but book. we can do that on the... On, on a, a thriller. thriller. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Does that include your songs as well? No, no, no. Okay. Just yeah, seventy dollars of of audiobook. Man. Well, that's. But they say all of this is free, free, the drama free. There. And the only the hard painful way to discover that your audiobook time is limited is by actually hitting the limit. They don't tell you this. That well, you've that told everyone sneaky. now. You, you've yep. done. You've Doctor done a, pub, right there. You've done wow. a public service you to warn people. people. So, what books are you reading? <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> anyway. The one of the one of the books I've just started, I'm going to do chapters chapters in, and actually I'm listening to it on on Audible. Is I just need to get the title right. Praying like monks, living oh, like fools. Oh, I've heard that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, right. I, I think you know some of you will remember two weeks ago when I was preaching about I uh, guess uh, devotional time and that sort of thing. And I said, oh, this looks like it's up my street. So it's yeah, it's really good because it's quite radical uh, in this sort of. Well, as the title suggests, so I think he, I think he heads up or at least he's part of Twenty Four Seven Prayer, hmm. based in the states, and um, yeah, a really challenging, radical uh, way of looking at prayer, but also just about looking at life. He, he, he's pray- basically coming from the angle of you, you can't fit a prayer life into your life. You have to have a posture of prayer mm. and do your life from that, which I guess is similar things to what I was saying. So. But he actually does it. Oh, <laughs> he does it in a way that I'm yet to get to. No. Um, so it's, it's that's been quite inspiring, challenging, uh, helpful. Jess? Yes, I have been reading Andrew Bond's book, um, Finding Your Best Identity. Um, I've heard Andrew Bond talk a lot. He speaks on his sexuality. He speaks on his experience with that um, and how to tackle those kind of questions and subjects. Um, so I've heard a lot of his talks which were amazing so when I got this book I said oh are the talks going to be the same as the book mm. and in complete honesty he just unpacks it. it it's strange it's like in a more authentic way I think I would wow. say like he shares more about his story in more detail I guess when you're in a talk you've really got a certain yeah, amount of yeah. time so just understanding who he is and his personal background a bit more has been really helpful um, but then also unpacking those questions in more depth and detail as well so I find it really helpful especially with the work that I do with interns and that kind of age graph it's a very common yeah, subject yeah. um it is to everyone and all ages too but um yeah find that really helpful brilliant um i'm reading the latest comrade strike book um oh, so the new one's out i'm halfway through it pitched on it it's a really fascinating one because it talks about cultish behavior um mm. as part of the investigation they're investigating a, a, a cult and one of their rituals is, is what baptism Right, man, and, and there's, there's a lot of like euphoria and celebration and clapping, and obviously the the undercover person who is observing this is is questioning a whole bunch of stuff, and others is like questioning a whole bunch of cultish behavior. And I'm not saying that the church is a cult, but 
it's why we take time in explaining what we're doing is so mm-hmm. important yeah, yeah, yeah. because if you're coming in for the first time and you're seeing somebody being water baptized which for us as Christians is such a triumphant moment and of course to celebrate there is value in explaining what this what we're doing and mm. why we're celebrating yeah. baptism and what it is and it's not just some mm-hmm. weird ritual uh, that we're going through but it's, it's really fascinating I'm really enjoying it I'm also reading Andrew Wilson's new book I think it's called Remaking the World it's about 1776 mm. um, so the uh America declared its independence, but also a, a number of revolutions or significant moments in history happened in 1776. Yeah, man. Uh, and That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but right. So that's as if it was planned. <laughs> um, so, so I'm really enjoying reading. I was because I was also reading a book on, um, well, actually listening to a book on Alexander Hamilton. Oh, the, the, nice. what, the books that the musical was, yeah, was yeah. derived from, really. So that's cool. Do you read the? Do you follow the? Uh, do you listen to the rest of history podcast? Occasionally, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've. Well, at least I've gone I've back into the bit that they're doing on American history, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. All like the it. resources for you guys. Mm. Book, and I do apologize to Spotify for bashing you. If you do want to um, sponsor us, please, I will re- recount this episode. <laughs> Delete that bit. And I do apologize to Spotify if you're listening in. Um, the other I do apologize. The other big thing that we did uh, on Sunday was we launched our, our Care for Our City gift campaign. Mm-hmm. You want to give us a few legs on Yeah. First of all, media team. I know I'm all the media team. I can't take all the credit. I barely was a part of it, but they've done a great job Thank with you. the video. The oh, first video went video. out. That so, so out. good. Yeah. Um, so yes, we've got our care campaign happening over the month of November. And that has just been super helpful. There's going to be a different video each week um, sharing about the different sectors that the care team do here and how they serve our church and how they serve our city. Um, so yeah, there's food insecurity, well-being, family and housing. Um, so each week you'll see glimpses of how do we serve those sections um, and what your money can be going towards helping our care um, our care team during our care campaign. So yeah, that's happening over the month of November. Um, so if you haven't already considered um, giving or how you can uh, maybe give in different ways, your time, your money, whatever that might be. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Care yeah. campaign, go care team. Yeah, we'll yeah. be preaching into it uh, in a week, uh, Sunday week. Are you preaching into it? Uh, no, I'm not. Perfect. Stephen is preaching at the oh. Clarence Center. Mm-hmm. Um, you did a really powerful gift day exaltation ones, which was so good that our giving literally went from a thousand pounds to like eighty thousand pounds <laughs> after you did your. Okay, yeah, so, so I, I think it was probably the Lord that was at work. Yes, yeah. but he chose to use you. Okay, <laughs> receive it. <laughs> so many people who are impacted by poverty mm. in our city is so important yeah. and it's just Absolutely. amazing to see that. even as we when we were filming stuff and hearing all the stories Matt Davis who leads our care team was talking about how I mean the numbers are crazy the way the, the need is growing in our cities people are being impacted mm. by loss of earnings loss of jobs um, so on and so forth lack of funding or public funding um, it's caused people to go into um trickier situations mm-hmm. and yeah. the number mm-hmm. of people not being impacted by poverty is significantly increasing yeah. uh, and we see how we, we rather than seeing the stance the, it gets grounded in the increasing and in, increased number of people who are coming to our food banks Yeah. Uh, so all four of our locations have a food bank in their location mm-hmm. uh, which has been able to open to thanks to the generosity of people across Absolutely. many years of uh, you know raising money through the Care for Our City campaigns but yeah it's really special to see that this is the, the, the call to the church to serve those who are poor and needy is massive. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, remembering that we are all poor and needy, and we need a savior to come mm-hmm. and rescue us, and we we get to be his, um, we get to be to Christ to those who are in similar situations. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Watch the video; it's really good. <laughs> um, okay, 
Sunday preach. Should so we talk about it? You go we, for it. Uh, I was at the Hofside, so mm-hmm. my good friend Rich Spear, who uh, th- uh, preached, which is on the podcast, um, and he looked at the the state. The, I'm the way Jesus is statement of I'm the way, the truth, and the life, focusing on I am the truth, and looking at the statement of the radical nature of what Jesus was saying when he was saying he was the stu- the, the truth. When we live, uh, you know, proclaiming that your message is the you are the truth in a, in a secular society, which was the Roman. Uh, empire was was a bold radical statement, and even now to to say that Jesus is the truth is is a bold radical statement. Uh, and he Jesus doesn't give us the option to uh, accept um, what he says. In, in addition to accepting everything else around us, he makes mm. quite, he makes a really exclusive claim that he is the way to the Father. He is the truth, uh, and so doesn't give you the option to kind of pick and choose or be more less exclusive about your yeah. beliefs. Um, yeah, and then what is the actual impact of believing that Jesus is the truth? How does that impact your day-to-day life? And it's probably worth us like looking into that a little bit towards maybe the end of the podcast. If we say that Jesus is the truth, what does that look like for our lives? Is it, is it, Today, how do we work that out in our lives? So let's kick off the conversation. We talked, um, Jess, you, in our discussion earlier, you were talking about how emotions play a key part in us determining what is right and wrong. Yeah. Do you want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I think when I was thinking about what does it mean that Jesus is the truth? And that's, I mean, all of these themes are controversial in and of itself, right? That's who Jesus is. But the truth, we're in such a society today where feelings plays a huge role in how I choose to live my life, how I make my decisions on an everyday basis. Well, I feel like doing this, so I'm going to choose to do this. Um, And I think we were kind of chatting earlier as well, how feelings aren't a bad thing in and of itself, but if we're only using our feelings themselves to choose how we live our lives, then that can be the dangerous thing. If Jesus is saying he's the truth, it's not our feelings that are the truth. Um, so I just wanted to share um, a verse from Proverbs 3, 5 on it. Um, so trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Yeah. And I was thinking about how leaning on your own understanding, that can account for our emotions as yeah. well. Uh, when we lean only on our emotions, then we, we can be, you know, I feel like doing this today. And that feeling might not lead to a good thing or a fruitful thing. Um, but actually, Jesus being the truth, he's given us instructions to help us live our lives, to get through and navigate different things in our lives. Um, and that is a process. Um, but yeah, I'm just thinking like, Jesus is the truth. What a controversial statement yeah. to society mm. where feelings is the the drive to mm. choose most actions in our day to day. Yeah. And it's a, such a, a statement of authority as well. And I think that the, that's what is truth and, and where we get a sense of authority come from in our lives are really connected. And that's the thing about what you're saying about emotions there. You know, emotions are just, you know, we can't escape them. They're part of our lives. But do we, and there probably, as we're saying it, in a, a culture nowadays, a tendency to give too much authority to feeling well this just yeah. felt right so that's that's what i did and that's thought that according to the truth that i live by i felt i feel that this relationship is right i feel that i should express myself in this way and oh that's not always going to be lead you to a bad place but it's your, you're giving authority in mm. your life to something that is that is subjective and unchangeable and so actually jesus claim that he is the truth is not just that he is he is true and that he is says things that are true but that he is the authority by which all other claims to truth and that's why he was so back we said many times in this virtual jesus 
series, so many of these statements that Jesus is saying is in, as you say, controversial in contrast to um, the and the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders didn't understand him. And Jesus, they, they had their own truths. They had their own way of thinking about the world, thinking about God, thinking about how we should live. And Jesus, they didn't get on with Jesus because Jesus was contradicting them or because Jesus' claim is that you've got to understand everything about your life, about yourself, about God through me. That's the only way because he's the word of the word of God. You know, through him, the whole universe came into existence. I'm going very deep here, but... Um, and that's the same for the, the Christian is like you, you receive Jesus as not just a personal Lord and Savior, i.e. who does something for you, solves a problem that you have, although he does, but that he is, he becomes the authority. And that's why I was the Lord and Savior. Mm. It's like he, he's in charge. What he says is true. What he says about me is true. What he says about life is true. Mm. And um, yeah, even within the church, within Christian circles, this is something that you know, there's, we feel like there's erosion of truth happening out there. There's erosion of truth happening within the church as well, mm-hmm. because people come to the Bible, for example. You know, we teach the Bible every week, but in many contexts, and in, in, in Christian context even, and people are reading the Bible and thinking, well, it seems to say this, but the Bible, it can't be saying that. Like, there's a plain meaning of Scripture, and people say, well, it can't mean that. Jesus can't mean that. And when whenever we think like that, we're thinking we have a version of what's true and the what the, what the boundaries on truth are mm. and then the bible fits into that and that's a really dangerous place mm. to do and actually we we take the authority somewhere else and we're what we're trying to do with when we teach the bible is like say well no this is what it says let's work hard at what it means but it means what it means we're not the ones who say it can't mean this it mm-hmm. must mean that mm. we're trying to take jesus at his own word and that's what we're doing in the series taking mm. jesus at his own. what did he say about himself Anyway, that's quite rambly. I guess there, my know. question on that, sorry, we haven't discussed this and you might be like, this is a stupid question. Cut, cut the feed now. Um, what do you do when two churches are looking at the same text of scripture and with all good intentions and godly, wise people are coming to two different conclusions? Where do you, how do you land on that? What is the truth? Can we have absolute truth in those moments or is some of it subjective? Well, it's, it's, I was speaking to someone recently who came into the church and they'd been at a different church and I was talking to them about how we do things um, and how we how we treat God's word, that sort of thing. And I talked talk to them about the fact that we have have Sunday teaching and we have small groups and where we, we can discuss and people can say what they think about what was said and that sort of thing. And he's like, oh, wow, okay. Because I was expecting that the church pastor would say, this is what this says and would be interested in anyone who's saying anything different than that to question it or other that. And I said to him, well, you know, I'm getting up there on Sunday, working <clears throat> with a team during the week to, to present as best as I can a faithful um, preach based on what it says in the text. Mm-hmm. And I believe I'm there preaching, not my message, but Jesus' message from the text. So I'm going to do the best I can to present that. At the same time, accepting that I might make mistakes or I might not have it right or there's much more in this text than I can understand. And so that doesn't take away any of my sense of conviction about what I'm preaching. You know, I have to be convinced that it's true and that it's good and it's helpful and it's what the Bible says. That's what I'm Mm. aiming for. Mm. And I preach that with conviction. 
but I'm not doing it in such a way that's that ever brings me to a place of feeling like, well, there could be aspects of this that I'm wrong on. <laughs> and sometimes I have said things that are wrong and I'm happy to be corrected about it because, mm-hmm. because we're all learning to understand. But as long as, for me, what's most important is our goal is I'm taking the scripture, taking what the Bible says as the authority and working towards uh, living that out as faithfully as possible. Mm. If someone else is coming from a, a different place and comes to a different conclusion, but really that, well, from my point of view, their conclusion is, well, we the Bible kind of said that, but we also think this, therefore that's what we're going to do. Mm. I'm like, well, I'm not going to back that and not say that's mm. good, but I'm going to say that's actually wrong mm. because you are an authority over the scripture there. But if, than... if two people come from the starting point where the scripture is final authority and come to the different conclusions, yeah. What well, would you which, do that way? which happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean, what do I do? So I, yeah. what I do is carry on preaching. You know, it, often there's there's things that I listen to and like to listen to from people from a different perspective that would have different conclusions. Mm. You know, for, for like, for example, I love listening to David Paulson. I don't agree with half of what he says, but I just <laughs> love listening to him because there's some of those things that are challenging, so, some are good. And there's lots of conclusions that he's come to that I don't agree with. Um, but I still receive him and have received his ministry as a brother. Now, I wouldn't say to everyone in the church, hey, go and listen to David Paulson, because if I did that, they would, they might listen to stuff that I disagree with and think, oh, what? does my agree with this? And it would be confusing. So I don't think there's anything wrong with receiving what people have to say who might be on a different page as you, but it, if if that experience is going to be helpful to you, and I think there is, there's, there's you know, different churches that do different things. You know, I was last week, you know, never lie. Uh, we're at a um, uh, prayer meeting with other church leaders from across the city. Great time, great time to pray together, worship together, pray for one another, pray for the city, pray for ministry. Now, there's in that room we didn't get into it, but there's lo- lots of different ways um, that we disagree, mm-hmm. even in terms of how we do church and how we do ministry, and even some of the conclusion made from what the Bible says. But we can still have fellowship together and we still can join together and pray for one another and treat each other as brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And, but we disagree. And I think there needs to be that within the church, the freedom to sort of say, well, no, this is our conviction. This is what we're doing. This is our ministry. Okay. And you see that amongst the apostles. Okay. They disagreed with one another, yeah, yeah. but they loved one another. And, and where they needed to go separate ways, they God bless you. We're going to do this. You're going to do that. You disagree about this person, that sort of thing. But Paul's, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Paul's heart was, Christ is being preached, and mm-hmm. that's what's the main thing. But going back to what I just talked about feelings, um, and being in in a subjective space where you talk about my truth and me being the final authority on what is true and what is not true, is is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is that is that dangerous? Is that helpful? Um, does it prevent us from going down? Well, I, I don't know how because there's practices that even within church that have happened which. Uh, aren't consistent with scripture or yeah. across the centuries maybe somebody felt that this is wrong and challenged it and hence change happened yeah um how how do you yeah so what are your thoughts on that people feeling that they should have the final authority over truth is that a good thing or is it a bad thing what are the dangers mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what you think about this i, th- I think and you're talking generally in terms of i guess what we're we're picking up on there's a there's much uh, stronger emphasis these days on that my truth yeah. and truth is more subjective and that's why i think that's not all bad 
<laughs> because in one sense, I think if people are genuinely pushing towards a sense of authenticity, mm. and when people often I think when people talk about my truth, they're talking about their experience, um, and what they have lived through, how they see the world, that sort of that sort of thing. I mean, they put the label of truth on it, and in a way, it is true because it is true to them. I think. That is a good thing, and part of you know in the church, how we journey with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, is to understand one another, to step into each other's worlds, to see the world as we you see it, and and help each other and listen to one another. And so you know, even so, culturally, in the last few years, there's been much a more push for people to talk about mental health issues and experience of suffering and chronic illness and that sort of thing, in a push of you need to know about my truth you know, people's experience of racism and, uh, you know, you need to hear about my truth. That is a really positive thing that we can learn to better understand one another and there's a uh, push for authenticity. So if you're talking about that in terms of my truth, then I'm I'm all for it. Mm. And I think what happens is that can go too far. I say, well, th- because I've had this experience or had this feeling, then everyone else's truth needs to match up with it. And if it's not, in line with my truth you're against me so i think the trans issue would be one example of that where obviously understandably people have different feelings about themselves and experience of that sort of thing and in one sense we we live in a society well, well live and let live and that sort of thing but i think the issue comes when it's like okay but my truth now extends to everyone else mm. and everyone else needs to line up and accept the the truth claims that i make mm. and that's when there's a bit of conflict and a bit of well, well hold on a minute there's, there's there's more at stake here mm-hmm. so i think when my truth overreaches that's when it becomes problematic do you have anything to add to that jess Weird yeah I th- the only thing i was gonna say was i totally relate to the this idea where it's quite passive like my truth is my truth and they're like oh that's really good good for you you believe yeah. in that no problem but i'm gonna choose not to believe in that but if that works for you great mm-hmm. and for some things that's totally fine in some people's minds but other things, such as what you've stated, it's like, no, this is the truth. And why is it different? Like for some people, it's like, I feel this is the truth. And it's like, oh, that's a great thing for you, but not for me. And all those things is like, how is that not your truth? And you're bashed for that opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a thought to be like, it just seems like in our society today, the line of truth is so blurry, so gray. Mm-hmm. Some things has to be everybody's truth. Other things, you can pick and choose whatever truth mm-hmm. you fancy. As long as it's not harming anybody, sure, do your thing. But that's not how it works. Yeah, it's so complicated, isn't it? Because so complicated. Just because that's your, your truth doesn't mean it's my truth. So it's not truth then. How, how do you come to consensus yeah. on something? And I think there are some things you don't need to come to consensus on. But some things you do need to come to consensus on. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, last question before we wrap up, because <laughs> we are running out of time. And there's lots of things surprise, we could have talked about. Um, if sorry, if you if you do want to explore, if you do want to get deeper into some of the true claims of of Jesus, uh, to try and understand a bit more about what he's saying, um, to, there's some really good authors out there. I think the yeah, of course, would be a good starting point. You've got stuff. Tim Keller's done some really good apologetic stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing out names because there's not just their books; it's their their articles and their podcasts that you could listen to. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, the the yeah. other thing I was going to say was um, our Thrive Story course. So we were speaking about, you know, finding truth, understanding your own experiences to unwrap the truths that you might be speaking over yourself mm, yeah, and saying, do you know what, actually, these are truths that I've made from experiences that I've had in my past, perhaps. 
And it's really, Thrive Story is such a great place for you to unpack your own personal story, the truths that you believed, but actually they're not truths, they're mm-hmm. false lies that have been in, impacted over your life. And you can learn through Thrive Story what is the truth, what does Jesus speak over you and rewrite your story. Oh, that's, um, so, that's so good. So can we have time for two questions? We may run over by a couple of minutes. <laughs> uh, I think the first one is is following up with what you just said. How do you live in this truth? Um, so Jesus saying, I'm the truth. Is that like, a, I believe that once and then that's it. I don't need to think about it for the rest of my life. Or how do we live in the daily understanding that Jesus is true? Mm. Practically, what does that look like? Yeah, well, I think it's a lot to do with what we are talking about recently in terms of being in the Word and being in, in prayer because yeah. uh, all of us, as Jeff was saying, and one of the reasons we do Thrive Story and we all need to do things like that is because we have different ideas. So if I wake up in the morning, I'm worried. For example, I'm worried because there's different lies actually that I'm believing. I'm believing A, that I'm in control of a situation that I feel out of control. That makes me worried. But who said I was in control of a situation anyway? Uh, I'm, I'm worried because something might happen. Well, I don't know that it's going to happen. You know, I'm worried it will happen, but that's, I'm not, that's not as an idea. It's not a truth. And the truth that helps me bring down my level of worry is God's got my life. He's in control. Yeah. The truth is that God loves me. And even if the worst did happen, that mm. wouldn't change the fact that I'm loved and forgiven. He's got a plan for me and he's good for me. And that's why I need to be in the word and be in prayer and be in that posture because <laughs> I need to remind myself of the truth because I forget it. I don't live in the good of it. Mm. And so in a very simple example, mm. that's how it is. It's daily habits. It's we need one another. That's why we do Thrive Story together as a group because actually we sometimes things untruths or lies can be so embedded in us that we can't see them ourselves. We need other trusted brothers and sisters to say, did you, do you, is that really true? Do you think mm. actually God thinks that about you? Why do you say that over about yourself when actually God says something different? Yeah. Sometimes in the mouth of a friend, it can mm. be, we can receive yeah, yeah. it much more than we can say it ourselves. Brilliant. Uh, last question and then we will stop. Um, <laughs> as, as Christians, we've got friends and people we love. We don't want to always come across as confrontational. Mm. So to make a big claim that Jesus, to make the big claim that Jesus is the only way and mm. Jesus is the truth, uh, it can be quite, it can be really offensive. Uh, yep, some people want to want to go there and offend people in the right center. Good for you. Um, <laughs> but honey, honey, bring this truth and love in thirty seconds. Whoa! That's up to you, man. That's just love to you. Yeah, to be honest, to be honest, I I think what's good is to is to is to play the game. If the game is about authenticity, if that's the language that people, um want to converse about these things then i'll do it so when we you know when we do um thrive every day we're mentioning another one we talk about sharing faith with others we talk about actually one of the most powerful tools that we have is our personal testimony yeah and we can say okay this is what christ has done for me you know we're talking about your truth my truth because what 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 you'll find is that actually your truth is a compelling story and there might be something in that that really speaks to someone else and it's like oh wait a minute there is something about your truth your experience that that i don't have and that draws them in rather than saying start from a starting point of this is why your truth your experience mm. is wrong it's like this is how wonderful christ has done for me this is what he's done for me he's forgiven me i'm accepted i'm free i wake up each day now to justify my existence i'm alive that i'm just living in that truth and you know you start there and i think that's a great way no just my quick thought would be the BLESS acronym is so uh, helpful. Um, beginning with prayer, not so leaning pro- on your own words to try and mm-hmm. figure it out and have a conversation. 
listening is such a powerful tool mm. someone actually having the space to share their opinions yeah. their feelings their understandings and be like oh i actually have a perspective on where you're at and why you think that way right and then for you to share your story exactly your story no, is so eat, powerful eat first. Eat in that. sorry eat in yes i'm jumping to the well, end well. i'm jumping <laughs> to the end there 30 seconds you yeah. know but yeah i think experience is so powerful oh, and yeah. that's your truth that's your experience it mm-hmm. can be kind of yeah brilliant Jess, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, we'll be yeah. with us next week behind the cameras or maybe in front of the cameras. Who knows? <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us. We will be back next week looking at the statement. I am the true vine. It's the last I am statement of Jesus, but not the last in the series. And you'll find out why later on. Thank you so much. See you later. See Bye. you. Bye-bye.